Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going today? August 31st, one day away from September, which we all know September, maybe, maybe the best month out of all the months, because that is the month that starts the football season. College football starts. NFL starts. The weather starts to change a little bit. It feels nice. You get to wear your jerseys out and about. It, it, September is just a really solid month. So very excited for that. I, I wasn't thinking I'd have to make a lot more podcasts before the season started, but then then some things happened. Uh, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL and is now out for the season. Cam Newton just got cut today, about an hour and a half ago. We are having some very big developing stories, and we need to talk about it. Quite frankly, we just need to sit down and talk about what's going on in the NFL. Now, before we get into the beef of this podcast, I want to tell you all about an awesome new sponsor, uh, Empire Fantasy Football. Empire Fantasy Football is a new type of uh, fantasy football experience, all right? So, Empire Fantasy Football, it's the biggest fantasy football in the league. You have a $200 budget, and you can draft any of these players that fit into the budget. You need two quarterbacks, three wide receivers, three running backs. That's all you need. And then you play in half PPR format, and you play against everyone else on the platform. And if you are in the top 50% of the league each week, you get a win. Uh, And then at the end of the year... Uh, the, the people who are in the top, I think it's 1%, you get a massive cash money prize. You get a massive prize. So uh, the prices of players, they vary weekly. You have to be strategy. There's a lot of strategy. But the, the at the end of the season, the top 1% of the teams are the winners who get a cash prize based on how many play. So it's an awesome experience. I know a lot of the people who are involved in actually creating this product. And I definitely recommend checking it out and giving it a shot this year. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity to test your fantasy football skills, to test them out against not just your friends, not just your coworkers, but everyone. And there's there's no sort of drafting, oh, I, I, I lost down the player. No, you can pick their duplicates. just has to fit in your budget. So it's a really awesome and unique experience. Empire Fantasy Football link is in bio. Uh, check it out. Now, to get into the beef of this podcast, I think we first need to discuss the J.K. Dobbins injury. That, he's a running back. We, 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 we have a lot of running back injuries. They are always very fantasy relevant because this injury takes away what was considered by many a top 15 running back. And it now puts into question Gus Edwards. How do we value Gus Edwards? 
I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a big fan of J.K. Dobbins this year, mostly because Gus Edwards was still in the backfield, and he was also going to share his, uh, his carries with Lamar Jackson. But so with, with J.K. Dobbins out, Gus Edwards seems to be the sole, uh, sole owner of this backfield, at least for now. Uh, the people behind him, very unproven Alex Collins. Eh. Uh, so as of right now, it's Gus Edwards' backfield. Other people come in, get some touches, but for the most part, it's Gus Edwards' backfield. I am higher on Gus Edwards' talent than most people. I've talked about it before. He didn't used to be a very good running back. He wasn't very good in the past. The past two years, especially last year, whenever I watch him, I go, is that Gus Edwards? He looks good. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was drafted to be their main running back, and Edwards was good enough to keep his job. I mean, last year, 5.2 yards per carry, seventh overall in the league. 5.57 yards per touch, 12th overall in the league, nine breakaway runs, which was seventh in the league. But factor in the breakaway runs, those are runs over 15 yards. He didn't have a massive workload, so his breakaway run rate was 6.25%, meaning 6.25% of the time, one of his runs went for more than 15 yards. That's the seventh highest rate in the league last year. Now, there are things he doesn't excel at. Evading tackles is not, not his cup of tea. He's not really shifty. He doesn't juke. But he's an efficient runner just going up the gut uh, who, who has shown last year that he can be he can be a good running back. I mean, last year he faced uh, seven. Uh, uh, he faced most of the time. He faced over seven defenders in the box, which is the fourth highest amount of average defenders in the box. And he went against a stacked front on thirty three percent of his runs, which is a top ten in that rate. So not a great recipe. But on those runs against the stacked front, he averaged five point seven five yards per carry. He's a good running back. Now. There's something he doesn't really do, and that is catch the ball. He had nine receptions last year. This is in part that there are other running backs who maybe do that better, but also a massive factor of this is Lamar Jackson doesn't target the running back very much. He just doesn't. It's not part of his game. Uh, if the pocket collapses, he needs to escape some quarterbacks if they're a little less mobile. Phillip Rivers, for example, in the past, Drew Brees, dump it off to the running back. They scamper for five, six yards. And that's in a PPR league, 1.6 points. You just score. Mar Jackson, he's a better runner. Uh, he just takes off and picks up 20 yards. That's why Lamar Jackson is so amazing in fantasy football and in real life part of it. But it really hurts the running backs because they don't get any sort of involvement in the passing game, which is crucial to be, to be a RB1 in fantasy football. But given the goal line work, I think Gus Edwards will be a very solid RB2. If you're looking at him and Damian Harris, very comparable. I'd probably take Gus Edwards because he's attached to a better offense. They're going to move the ball more, more goal line opportunities. Gus Edwards, very good on the goal line. Uh, he'll probably probably have a, a very solid amount of, uh, of touchdowns this year. I mean, he had eight goal line carries last year. He averaged half a goal line carry a game, which was 14th in the NFL. But that was with J.K. Dobbins there. So take out J.K. Dobbins. He's going to be the main goal line running back. I'm very high on Gus Edwards talent-wise. I don't like him talent-wise as much as Dobbins. If this were the other way around and Gus Edwards was out for the season and it's J.K. Dobbins' role, 
I'd say J.K. Dobbins, top 10 running back. Gus Edwards, top top 16. I'd put him in the 16 to, to, to 12 range, about, about right there. So those are my thoughts on Gus Edwards with J.K. Dobbins now out for the season. The next big piece of news that we've got to talk about, Cam Newton today was cut. Not just Mac Jones's name starter. No, he's cut. He's off the team. He's not a backup. He's a free agent now. I expect him to sign somewhere, but but his his time in New England is gone. It's done. He is no longer New England Patriot. Mac Jones, the future of the franchise. I'm assuming he will be starting week one. There are going to be a lot of questions. Why did this happen? Uh, I th- I think part of it is. I believe Cam Newton is still unvaccinated, which might have played played a part in this because as last I heard, he was unvaccinated. And you can't have your quarterback missing games, missing practices, missing team meetings for a reason that is pretty controllable. With injuries, they happen. They're unpredictable. Every player suffers with injuries. But with the COVID vaccine your quarterback could potentially be missing valuable time on a team that this year they're they're pushing for the playoffs in their division for a reason that could be instantly solved. I'm not saying you should get it or shouldn't get the vaccine. I'm not trying to get into that conversation. I'm just saying I think that that played a part in the decision for the Patriots to move on from Cam Newton. Another factor was that he was not very good last year. 6.85 Accuracy rating, 31st in the league. That's 32 quarterbacks. You can, you can deductive reasoning to, to see that that wasn't very good. Uh, under pressure, he was pretty bad. 48% completion percentage under pressure. pressure. Uh, his catchable pass rate was 73%, which was at the bottom of the league. Uh, he just wasn't very good last year. True passer rating, 77.29. Uh, it, it was really the the rushing ability that has kept Newton relevant, especially in fantasy, but also last year for the team. But now with Damien Harris evolving in this offense and some better wide receivers, I think they want to get back to a more traditional offense like, like they had with Brady in the past. So this, Cam Newton's departure, this is good in fantasy if you weren't, trying to draft Cam Newton late for his rushing ability because this actually helps Damian Harris a lot. Rookie quarterbacks, a lot of times, they like to cling on to the running backs, dumping off uh, check downs to them, especially Mac Jones, who's not as mobile as, let's say, Kyler Murray or Justin Fields has been in the past. He might really hinge on the short passes to Damian Harris. Uh, Now, it also helps Damian Harris a lot because Cam Newton took a lot of rushing touchdowns. Last year, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. That was the most rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. That's double-digit rushing touchdowns. And a lot of them were like goal-line carries that on any other team would go to the running back, especially a a running back with the body of Damian Harris. So taking away Cam Newton's rushing ability, Damian Harris makes a push for being a top 15 running back now. I had him as a solid RB2 but not a ton of upside. No, now he has a ton of upside because now he has a chance to get double-digit touchdowns, which if you do that, you are good in fantasy football. If you can get double-digit touchdowns, you'll have a good season no matter what else you do. But now factor in the uh, the 137 vacated carries from Cam Newton leaving 
That's nine carries per game that are gone, that are going to be redistributed to mostly Damian Harris. 592 yards gone on the ground. Those will go, hopefully, to Damian Harris. If they don't all go to Damian Harris, the large majority of them will. This makes Damian Harris one of the best draft picks all year if you've drafted before this trade. Because before this trade, Damian Harris was 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 going very low. I, I Let me find his exact ADP. Um, before this trade, it's not going to be updated, so his ADP right now will be comparable. He was going in the... He, bef- okay, before they cut Sony Michelle, he was going like ninth round. Then he jumped up to seventh round as the RB31 uh, on Underdog Fantasy. With with <laughs> he's gonna finish so much higher than the RB31 with Cam Newton gone. We're looking hopefully a top 15 running back that you were able to get in the seventh round. Because a lot of people have already drafted. Now, if you're drafting Labor Day, yeah, you're not gonna get him for that price. I'm not sure where his ADP will will end up. It's risen substantially and will do so again, but still, a lot of people might have drafted the league winner late round running back a few weeks, a few months ago without having any sort of clue about it. Because Damian Harris, he has won this offseason. Well, not even this offseason. He's won the past like four weeks. He has a really good fantasy outlook now. Because he's a, he's a good runner too. He is a good runner. 28.17% juke rate ninth in the league last year. Two yards per carry. Uh, 4.84, which ranks sixth in the league. He's a good runner. He he only had two goal line carries last year. That's what really hurt him. But that is now going to change. All righty, moving on. I want to touch on James Robinson. I talked about James Robinson uh, in the last podcast or YouTube video. I'm not sure where I ended up posting that. But I talked when Travis Etienne went down. I talked very much about how LaVisca Chenault is the big, uh, a massive benefactor from that injury. He's going to be that playmaker in the open field. And in preseason, we have seen that already. And I still stand by that statement. But I said something that I'm starting to disagree with. I said, well, not even disagree with. I said James Robinson would be a solid RB2 without much upside. That is what I said. And I'm going to I'm gonna say something else. Let's say he has no upside and he's just the RB15. That's not bad. That's not bad. In fantasy football... There's this idea that every player you draft has to be the league winner, the breakout, the rookie phenom, the guy you get five rounds before or after he should have gone. You got to swing for the fences. Javante Williams, if he overtakes Melvin Gordon, he's top five. Sometimes that's fine to take those swings on those players, but a lot of times you miss. It's hard to predict that stuff. It's almost impossible. Last year, James Robinson was that, but he's not new and shiny anymore. So people would rather take the new and shiny rookies, the new and shiny, because they seem upside. You say James Robinson has no upside. He finished last year as a top 10 guy, number seven overall running back in PPR formats. How is that not having upside? And I fell into that trap. I was like, ah, he's not explosive. No, he's not explosive, but he's great at other things. He's 
a good running back. I know he's not an explosive playmaker, but last year he created 113 yards. That's fifth in the running back position. He had a 27% juke rate, 13th. He evaded 79 tackles, fifth in the league. Okay, he might not be a breakaway, home run hitting running back, but he's really good at other things. He averaged 4.46 yards per carry. Not spectacular, but his workload was amazing. He had 49 receptions. That's ninth overall. He was fifth in rushing yards. He's a good running back, and I don't see why people are now saying he has no upside. Maybe his upside is what he did last year, which is still a top 10 guy. That's upside in my opinion. I don't see how the floor is where he's being drafted. He's now, even after this injury to ETN, he's being drafted as the number 22 running back. Okay, maybe the situation is gross. Okay, I get it. Rookie quarterback. We don't know how Urban Meyer is going to be. Maybe Urban Meyer gets fired during the season. Do you remember last year? Do you remember that situation? It was dreadful. It was it was Gardner Minshew and a coach that got fired. Now we have Trevor Lawrence and a coach who might get fired. That's an upgrade. It might not be the biggest upgrade of the, of the, the season, but it's an upgrade. It's certainly not a downgrade. So I don't see where this, this perspective of James Robinson suddenly being a low-end RB2 is coming from. No, he's a high-end RB2. And that upside is an RB1. We saw that last year. And he's going to have a ton of volume. A ton of volume. Last year, (sighs) he had 240 carries and 49 receptions. I don't know why that volume would substantially go down this year. I don't know why that would go down. Is Carlos Hyde really scaring you off? Get out of here. Get out of here. Fifth round, James Robinson. That is one of the best deals I've heard in my life. That is such a good deal. I mean, he was going very late a few weeks ago. We expected that ADP to shoot way up. Hasn't really yet. It shot up a lot, but not to where I think it should be. I think he should be going third round every league. An underdog right now, he's going fifth round, which is crazy. It's just absurd. So James Robinson, those are my new official thoughts on him. And I might make him profit approved just because of the disrespect he's been dealt all offseason. ETN, the reason I was low on James Robinson, no longer is a factor. So we need to reevaluate James Robinson with completely removing ETN from the picture because he's gone. And when I do that, I say, okay, top 15 running back with ceiling of top, top eight or so, like he was last year. And then I look at his draft position, his price, where he's going in trades, and it doesn't line up, which makes James Robinson a massive steal once again. Draft James Robinson. If you're drafting Labor Day, don't be afraid of him. Take him. Take him in the third round if you have to. He will be a very good fantasy option this year. (sighs) All righty. That's pretty much all we've got to say today. Uh, I will probably make another of these tomorrow at this rate with all the news that's coming out. 
Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode or, or watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on that little notification bell so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast, make sure you drop a five-star review. That really helps out the channel grow. And as always, I will see you next time.